Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places close to our home. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. Today we are going to Ferrara, Italy, a beautiful city that is home to a magnificent castle, an intriguing palace, and a spectacular cathedral. It's located in the Emilia-Romagna region of Italy, and was named the UNESCO World Heritage Center in 1995. Ferrara is a university town with about 16,000 students, among the city's overall population of just about 132,000 people. And this town was not on our itinerary when we went to Italy. No. But somehow we ended up in this town. Julie, how did that happen? Well, this was the second place that we discovered was near to us, a hour's train ride away, that had a Eucharistic miracle. If you recall, I had a book that was given to me by some friends about Eucharistic miracles with me, and a lot of them were in Italy itself, so I happened to come upon Ferrara, and you had looked up the area and said, well, that's close enough to us. It's an hour's train ride away. Let's go for it. Yeah. So that's how we ended up there. That was one of the fun parts, I think, of this trip, because this became a very spontaneous thing that we did. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just nice to do things that you didn't plan to do and explore something new. And that's what this day turned out to be. Yeah. And it's not one of the well-known tourist areas in that area. So we did encounter more of the Italian-speaking citizens in that area, which was different for us. It was interesting. We really didn't run across a lot of people, but it was pretty evident that English wasn't something that was well-spoken there. I don't remember running into anybody in Ferrara that spoke English. So everywhere else that we went, we were in Rome, we were in Florence, we were in Venice, and we've spoken about all those places on prior podcasts. Every one of those places, we would run into Italians who had a very decent working knowledge of, of English, be it in restaurants, be it in mm-hmm. shops. So we got a little bit accustomed to that, but we walked into the town of Ferrara, this, you know, again, 130-some thousand people, small town, small-ish, and it was Italian all, mm-hmm. all the way. Yeah, which was different, and I liked it because it was more of the feel of Italy. I mean, we were in Italy, and we knew it. So, I mean, for me, like when we were in this town, it it was the most, what I would say, authentic feeling Mm -hmm. because it didn't feel touristy. I don't think this is a town that's on many people's radars to go visit. So if you think about going to a country and you just want to immerse yourself into its people and its language and its culture, this was like our opportunity in Italy. Yes. And the amazing part was its history. So this has a deep, deep ancient history and some ancient structures along with it. Mm -hmm. And to see those in this smallish city, it was pretty incredible. One of the features we noticed 
almost immediately when we arrived in Ferrara were these brick and stone walls that just about encircle the whole city. Mm -hmm. So similar to many Renaissance defensive walls, this structure has a kind of a star configuration with several pointed intersections. Today, much of the ancient city walls, they're still standing. They're pretty impressive looking. And this defensive network, and these so these walls were built back in the day to protect the residents inside and I guess the leaders inside. It's said to be one of the best preserved of this type of walled structure in all of Europe. And because these walls were built during the Renaissance, they needed to be wide enough to withstand cannon fire. And when you go there today, you don't have to worry about cannons blasting through these walls, but because they're built so thick, they're wide enough to accommodate a well-maintained footpath bike path that can take you almost all the way around the city on top of this wall. So you could walk the whole length, which spans about nine kilometers. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So as I said, one of the purposes of going to Ferrara, this particular city, was to see this Eucharistic miracle that was housed in the Basilica of St. Mary in Vado. We found the church or this basilica. Well, yeah, we, we found it after first running to a bunch of Italians, asking them in English, <laughs> and a little bit of Italian, because I knew a little bit, how to get to this basilica. And there was a lot of sign language exchanged. Yes, and ultimately we, Italians do. Yes, ultimately we got pointed in the right direction. Yes, we did. We found it. So I was happy to find it. The story of the Eucharistic miracle in this basilica dates back to Easter Sunday... 1171 AD. The story is that while celebrating Easter Mass, Father Pietro da Verona reached the moment of breaking the consecrated host. And at this point, he saw that blood was gushing from the host, staining the ceiling of the crypt above the altar with droplets. In 1595, the crypt was enclosed within a small shrine and is still visible today in the Basilica of Santa Maria in Vado. So it's something that is seen to this day. I've seen pictures of it. Because unfortunately, when we had reached this beautiful basilica, there was caution tape all around the whole building. The perimeter was barricaded. And it, it said in Italian, do not go past this point. So I stayed on the other side of the yellow tape. Yes, but we had gone so far yes. to come and see this. It was like know? a pilgrimage. And yes. So, you know, I had to get a little closer. And I did notice as I had crossed the yellow tape that there was a group of gentlemen sitting in a little cafe area and we were being watched. So I was trying to be careful. Hmm. But I did go and as is my fashion... I picked up a little tiny rock that was near the basilica, and I'm not going to tell you where that ended up. It, I just picked it up. Mm-hmm. Now, there was signage on the door of the basilica, and I was able to make out enough of it to get an understanding that during the time of our visit, the basilica was closed due to safety concerns, so mm-hmm. they were going right. to be doing repairs to remedy whatever the safety concerns happened to be. We do understand that today the basilica is open for tourists, mm-hmm. so 
we weren't able to go inside. We were only there on the outside. Mm-hmm. But if you visit Ferrara, you can enter. And maybe we'll go back and see it because that, that's mm-hmm. pretty amazing. So in addition to the Basilica, also in the center of the city is the Cathedral of St. George, or more commonly known as Ferrara Cathedral. It's a stunning structure that's renowned for its beautiful architecture and interior design. The front facade of the cathedral has a combination of Romanesque and Renaissance styles. It has a series of ornate arches and decoration. We were able to walk inside this cathedral, very beautiful, and saw some impressive artwork that was very old. Some of what we saw dated back to the 12th century, and it's always interesting to see the preserved art that goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. Inside the church, the decoration is stunning, and you're going to find it comparable to some of the more well-known religious buildings in Italy. The ceilings, walls, and domes are covered with opulent artwork, religious reliefs, and frescoes by various Renaissance artists. And during the time of our visit, there was this festival swap meet that was happening outside with a whole bunch of vendors. So after we strolled the inside of the church, we also got a feel of this festival kind of atmosphere that was happening in the town square of Ferrara. So that was also kind of cool. Another way to kind of pick up the vibe of the city. The cathedral, again, is located in the heart of the UNESCO-designated historic center of Ferrara. It's located in a public square in which there's also a number of several interesting buildings that surround that particular area. And we kind of continued a religious theme, it seemed like, when we were in the town. Yeah, I think that was very predominant in that town. And as we were going through the streets of Ferrara, we happened to stumble upon a monastery that was kind of tucked away. And I don't remember exactly what the visual was that kind of attracted us to that direction. Yeah, something did because it, it wasn't did. it wasn't on our radar. But as we were walking through the town, we ended up at this location and it I know it grabbed our attention and we wandered toward to the doors. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so we wandered towards it. So this was a monastery. It's a Catholic monastery and it's a whole complex that houses nuns from the order of St. Benedict. Only the convent church is typically open to the public. And this was the monastery of St. Antonio in Polesine. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. We had tried to open the door and it was closed. So, you know, here we are again. We're like, okay, so this is closed. I yeah. think we hung about a little bit. Mm-hmm. And there was another couple that was kind of doing the same. They were just kind of hanging out. And I'm not sure if they knocked. I believe they knocked on a door. And within, you know, a few minutes of knocking on the door, this little nun pokes her head out of the door. And she was. She was of this smaller frame, mm-hmm. very friendly face, smiling. And she was speaking with them. And we were watching all this happen, and she invited that couple in to the monastery. And I think she kind of, she saw us, or, I mean, we were kind of trying to get her, her attention, I believe, or I was at least. Yeah. And she saw us, and then she invited us in. Mm-hmm. So here was the two of us and this other couple that was brought into this ancient monastery I was over the moon happy. I couldn't believe yeah. this was happening. And this little elderly nun was another resident of Ferrara who did not speak English. No English whatsoever. But she, o- only Italian. But she communicated it greatly was, with it us. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Within these walls in this monastery, there's these 
ancient frescoes. And that was one of the things that she was very anxious to show us. Mm-hmm. And they're nearly 1,000 years old. Yeah, very faded. But they're you... faded, but you can still see them. Mm-hmm. And she was describing to us in Italian each fresco. She would move to one, and then she'd move to the other one. And she'd give an explanation of that one, and then she'd move to the other one and give a little explanation of that. Yeah, and they're all like biblical scenes or right. biblical stories. Right. And I was able to pick up enough of what she was describing mm-hmm. that I was then able to convey to you. Yeah, and I picked up a little bit because uh, Italian's very, it has a s- very faint similarities to Spanish. Mm-hmm. So as far as the biblical stories go, some of the names within that I was picking up. So I, I was kind of getting the gist of it. And then most of it, you were kind of telling me what, she, what you could pick out and what she was saying. I would say... Honestly, that was probably the biggest highlight of our trip. Yeah, but probably also because there was more to come. Yes. Besides the frescoes. Yes. 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 So we were going through and then she finished her little tour of the place. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And then we went out and she had stated that there was going to be some, I don't know if it was the morning It was afternoon prayers. prayer. It was afternoon prayers? Yeah. Oh, so it was, there was going to be afternoon prayers and we were welcome to stay. Well, yeah, she said that it was going to start at 3 p.m. Or, uh-huh. that, or that's what we thought that she said. Mm-hmm. We were planning on making sure that we were there at 3 p.m. so that we could... Yeah, we did in, We did yeah. leave yeah. and walk around a little bit more with our eye on the clock, mm-hmm. thinking that they were going to have the afternoon prayers, the 3 p.m. prayers. And we came back and the doors were closed. Mm-hmm. So we weren't sure if we had the right information. So we kind of just hung out until 3 p.m. And then a nun pokes her head out of one of the doors and unlocks it. And then she left and she kind of just disappears and... I just went up to the door and I pushed it open and it was open. She had unlocked it and left it open. So we walked into the chapel area that's for the public and there was some grates in front of us. Yeah, because I think this was probably like a cloistered convent, right? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they always have those grates that they're usually metal and... The way the design is, it's hard to see in, but the prayers in any chanting or anything, you can hear it. Mm -hmm. It was absolutely a stunning, beautiful experience. The nuns began to sing, and it was was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, so we were sitting in the, the public space of the monastery... We didn't really see the nuns, but we heard them and the songs. They were shuffling around. You yeah. could see a little bit of movement. Yeah. And there would be but... some some prayer that they mm-hmm. would recite, and then they would harmonize, and they would chant, and it was a phenomenal experience. Yes. That, that... We were really blessed to, to be able to experience that. Yeah. And... Today, um, this monastery is reportedly temporarily closed, but we would still recommend that you seek out and learn if the complex is open again if you ever plan a a future visit to Ferrara. Yep. And as we're talking about Ferrara, and if you'd like to visit Ferrara or Italy or any destination, we'd ask you to take a visit to our website, 
at www.theplaceswherewego.com where you can start your travel planning on our travel resources page. Whether you're looking for a flight, hotel, rental car, or savings for unique attractions, you can begin booking your next vacation by starting at our travel resources portal. And if you book through the links on our website, it's a free way that you can support our show without any additional cost to you. So we saw a number of things in Ferrar, the things that we mentioned, and as always, under the category of if we had more time, there was some things that we saw mm-hmm. that you know our our day there didn't accommodate. Right. But we would go check out if we had a return trip and mm-hmm. want to bring these to your attention. If we had more time, we would want to have seen the Estens Castle. We were able to view this 14th century castle from the outside. It looks impressive as it sits on its own island with a moat, drawbridge, and cannonballs set on the outside, and it sits in the heart of the city. The castle is open to the public for touring, and the visit includes kitchens, dungeons, towers, and royal suites. Yeah, you can't miss the castle because it's right in the center of the town. Also in the town is the National Archaeological Museum, which is located within the confines of an old palace, and it's a wondrous building that features beautiful landscaped gardens in the back and represents ancient trading communities from the area with artifacts from the workshops of famous ceramic makers spanning the areas from Athens to Attica. How about some fun facts? Well, we have a fun fact for Ferrara. Okay, so the oldest wine bar in the world, next to the cathedral, you will find the premises of Al Brindisi. This location dates back to the year 1435 and is recognized as the oldest enoteca or wine bar in the world. We didn't know about this location on our visit, but now you do. So be sure to stop at Al Brindisi for a glass of wine when you visit the town of Ferrara. And that would be a great way to kind of round out... Oh, wonderful way. ...a day in Ferrara. Yep. So we spent 10 days in Italy, four cities, plus the islands around Venice. It was just a wonderful time, and we thank you for joining us as we've taken you on a series of podcasts through the things that we did, and hopefully you've heard some things that can inspire your future travels to Italy. And if you're thinking about taking a trip to Italy, we recommend Fromer's Italy Travel Guide. It's the guide that we used when we visited Italy. You can also find a link for this book on our website, theplaceswherewego.com. Just select the gear menu at the top of the page and navigate to Travel Itinerary Guidebooks. And when you order via our website, again, it's another free way that you could support our show without any additional cost to you. If you're not subscribing to us yet, take a minute to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite source for podcasts and catch our future episodes. We would really appreciate if you left us a review. You can also follow our adventures most weeks on our YouTube channel, The Places Where We Go. So as our Italian journey comes to an end, we say arrivederci, and we'll join you again in a couple of weeks with another adventure. Arrivederci. If you have any comments or information to share with us about travel, you can write to us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Places Where We Go. You can find us on Twitter as The Places Where One, the number one. 
And you can watch our travel adventures on YouTube, where our channel name is The Places Where We Go. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at The Places Where We Go. See you next time. Bye now.